हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू अवंतिका डिजाइनरिंग सीरीज और एडीएस एस वी लाइक टू कॉल इट एवरी वीक ऑन वेडनेसडे वी फीचर डिजाइन एंड टेक्नोलॉजी लीडर्स हु शेयर द प्रोफेशनल जर्नी दर थॉट्स ऑन द डोमेन ऑफ वर्क एंड डिजाइनरिंग वेयर द वर्ल्ड ऑफ डिजाइन एंड इंजीनियरिंग मीट मेक श्योर यू फॉलोअर्स ऑन सोशल मीडिया इंस्टाग्राम लिंकड इन फेसबुक एंड ट्विटर एंड विद दैट लेट्स कंटिन्यू विद योर शो The design industry has seen constant changes throughout the years directed solely by users needs and demands with newer generation of people becoming active consumers new trends keep getting introduced in the markets adapting to these trends can help designers understand the mindset of consumers and respond to their needs with innovative products but the question that arises here is how can designers understand the needs and demands of customers to provide innovative solutions to know more about this theme in this episode we interact with somdat sarkar design director at india baby care and brand operations at procter and gamble with over a decade of professional experience in design and strategy he holds expertise in digital marketing branding packaging retail design communication design and much more so let's get in conversation with him on our special episode on the occasion of international design day hey welcome somdat to avantika designering podcast series it's an honor and pleasure for us to host you on our show today thank you so much rohit for having me here and as you know i am a very passionate uh, speaker as well as somebody who's always interested in the field of design and design education so i'm just hoping that your listeners today are going to benefit from whatever i have to share uh, from my experience and my life so look forward to uh, being here thank you so much super so let's start with a nice breaker question uh, together somdat a designer's life is incomplete without some form of creation out there and iteration and evolution are key components of design the question that i have for you is how can designers prepare for a new market innovation and further evolve the trend based on the design psychology all right so uh, this is very interesting uh, rohit and i think this is something that all of us uh, face on a daily basis and when i say all of us i mean design professionals uh, who actually work for uh, the industry right and this is something that we always uh, face as a constant i would say situation uh, that there are always trends and there are always uh, things around us that are changing rapidly and i think more so in the last 10 or 20 years this is something that's almost like the norm right that there's a new technology that changes there's something that becomes a trend uh there was instagram for communication right so we see that a lot of communication has changed a lot of product centric design has changed a lot of stuff that would actually drive desire in consumers has changed and as designers it is i would say imperative for us to be prepared very well for this change and adapt it right uh i'll give you a small example uh about changes that come to designers and how we can probably adapt to it so how i see this is almost like you have to be a sponge right and i can take examples from my own life 
I would probably cover some of it in the later parts. But, you know, I was studying to be a biologist, uh, funnily enough. And then what happened is that, of course, I said that design probably is my calling and I joined uh, NID. And over there, what I learned is that this entire multidisciplinary approach is something that we always need to uh, sort of inculcate in ourselves as as designers, right? It is not, uh, if you are a product designer, doesn't mean that you only need to be surrounded by the world of product innovations and materials. It doesn't mean that you maybe cannot be interested in films or communication. So that is uh, something I would say as an attitude, as a personality, as a little bit of a, I would say, psyche that needs to uh, change in designers. While all of us, we may love to, you know, fall in love with our work, but as service providers, as people who are providing solutions for consumers around the world, I think it's very, very important for all of us uh, to be extremely adaptable and hence evolve with the surroundings. So today, if there's a new technology change, uh, you and I, we must be prepared for to learn it, right? Uh, now, there's something called UI and UX, which I absolutely did not know uh, when I was studying, when I was practicing design in the first five years of design. But now, if I do not know UI and UX, I think it's going to be a little bit of a handicap in all the work that I have to do or in my professional assignments as well, or probably work that comes my way. So uh, what does one do? In this situation, I think what one does is really goes back to the drawing board and says, hey, there's something that's new and how do I probably adapt to it? So the best way is to being, you know, open to all these new challenges. Now, if I say that I'm sitting on a high horse and say, you know what, I'm a great graphic designer. I love, I do great branding. There's no way I'm going to do UI and UX. But tomorrow, if your consumers and your clients who come to you and say that the, the entire world has shifted towards digital and hence UI UX is so important, you definitely would need to have a, a little bit of understanding of this new field and you cannot do that by being strict and stringent. So I would say the biggest challenge here or I would say the biggest requirement here is to be open, is to understand that something that you probably know today is not going to be the reality tomorrow and be extremely, extremely adaptive. Uh, I mean, like as we all know, the, the great Charles Darwin once said like, the species that actually would evolve would survive and i think this absolutely is the case for designers if we do not evolve if we do not adapt we won't survive so i hope that answers your question rohit absolutely sambat does and it actually um, you know lays down the foundation for an interesting conversation that we're going to do with you so moving from that ice breaker uh, sambat to your journey uh, in fact, with over a decade of experience, you've worked with some of the most prestigious clients over the years. You've experienced in design and strategy across digital marketing, branding, packaging, retail design and communication. Can you take us through your professional journey? Absolutely, Rohit. Um, uh, so this is, in fact, uh, I, I, what I call the most interesting part of, of my life, right, which is, which is my professional journey. And I actually, I, I love the fact that it is not very straight jacketed. And it's also connected to the first part where I say that we all need to be adaptive as designers, as creative individuals. So let me start with uh, the kind of person I was, right? I was growing up in a, in a small town called Lucknow, which is not a small town any longer, but way back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s was, was as small as it could get, right? Uh, the only two careers that people knew 
uh, and probably were aware of uh, medicine and engineering. And unfortunately, I was somebody who was a good student, right? So uh, for me, I always had only one career option that I'm going to be a doctor because, hey, you know, it's, it's a great career to, uh, um, I mean, be. But no offense to doctors. I think, I mean, they're wonderful people. We all know. I mean, they they literally are lifesavers in today's world. But uh, was it something which I was really cut out for or something I was passionate about? No, right? So it took me a while to discover my passion. It took me a while, I would say, like almost five years to actually come to terms with the fact that I could take up a career in design. And I'm talking about late 90s, early 2000, when there was no internet, right? So how does somebody sitting in a corner of Lucknow know about what design is? Because there is absolutely no understanding on or exposure of design as a career. So I think what I did was I said, what is the most logical thing I could do in my life? Uh, let's, let's become a biologist with probably a specialization in genetics. And I took up a zoology honors course in Presidency College, Calcutta, one of the leading colleges of India, right? Uh, and I think I spent about a year there, Rohit, when I really felt that I'm not cut for this. I was not enjoying it. It's not like I was doing well, right? I still was doing really well at studies. I'm, I probably was stopping my class. Uh, but at the end of the first year, I said, hey, this is not for me. And I think that is when uh, my family, in fact, my mother and my brother, they really motivated me and said, you know, you have this gift of creativity. You have done all this art and craft throughout the school. Why don't you take this up as a professional career? And uh, in fact, I sat for the entrance exam at uh, for NID and I got through. And, and I think by God's grace or, you know, as luck would have it, I think I've had a fabulous journey onwards. Uh, I went to the, the best desired school in the country with some of the best design minds, uh, got taught by visionaries in Indian design, as well as uh, faculty who came from uh, design institutes from all over the world. And uh, as you know, we were taught in the Bauhaus and Ulm School of Design, which is almost like form follows function, very, very uh, user-friendly, user-centric. So I think my education was like beautiful. It was a beautiful mix of so many things, inspiration, so many different kind of uh, courses that I attended, right? While I did textile design from NID, I actually uh, enjoyed the, the courses I enjoyed the most were courses in communication design as well as sustainability. Moving out from there, uh, I had about 10 years of professional life in which uh, some of it was spent in doing textile design. A couple of years was spent in Nagaland and Assam doing research on ethnic tribes and their textile traditions. I have spent uh, about a couple of years, uh, Rohit, you won't believe, but this was actually political advertising. So I have worked for, I think, leading parties in, in India and uh, helped shape their political campaigns as well. So it was a very, very fun experience. And I think moving from there, I decided that I needed to do something which was a little more design centric. And I felt like branding was an area that I needed to improvise on and also learn. So I did work with like a WP company called Fitch, which is, I think, a great place to work. And I've spent three years over there working with various clients, understanding the intricacies of design. And after that, I worked for a little while at Raw Pressery, which is uh, India's first cold press juice brand. Uh, amazing, fun startup culture. And then uh, I think the, I currently work at Procter & Gamble India uh, as the design director of India Brand Operations and India Baby Care, uh, where I work on a variety of projects like packaging, branding, retail, communication, digital marketing, UI, UX, you name it. So I think 
overall uh, in the last 10 plus years of my professional journey i can only say that it has been extremely satisfying and rewarding as well and i i still feel like i learn new things every day and i am so excited to go to work every day as well wow i'm sure that was exciting to hear i mean right from talking about political parties to uh, you know being a part of a, of a, of a startup like juice brand and and now at procter and gamble this is really exciting in fact uh, somdat you joined procter and gamble from the agency background that you just mentioned and the world you were about to enter was i'm sure unknown to you and you had to navigate on your own as well what were the challenges that you faced while navigating it and how has this altered your design mindset while the transformation was taking place a uh, very interesting question uh, rohit and i think uh, i can answer that uh, very well from my personal experiences that i've had in my professional life so you know when you are working at an agency it's a very very different culture agencies as we all know are the fun places to work right i mean uh, the people who work there are slightly irreverent and you know it's it's a, it's a great team culture you go there you have fun you listen to music while you're working uh, and it's slightly informal right i mean i have worked in some agencies where you could go uh, you know uh, you could walk into the agency in shorts uh, and sometimes you work all night and uh, the next day you go to office at like 4 pm so this was the kind of culture at the same time uh, it was it was a lot of great learning it was fun learning you know uh, there were less sort of boundaries uh, there were less hierarchies uh, your creative head would probably sit with you on the editing table and you know you would make some videos or maybe you know you would take printouts and lay them out over the table and people from all of the studio will come and join you so it was uh, i would say an extension of what we experience at our design schools uh the the way the entire functioning is i think there's also a layer of you know client servicing in agencies so uh, as designers you always don't have to uh, i would say uh, be at the professional forefront because client servicing does that for you now when you move to a professional life or i would say a, a typical corporate client like procter and gamble the situation there is slightly different uh actually i'm saying slightly different because uh, now we do have uh, overall casuals throughout the week so it's not like you know you have to uh, go wearing like uh, boring formals it's not like that so as designers you still get to wear smart casuals uh, it's 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 almost like it won't be as much fun as what it used to be an agency from a from an informal working environment but i think overall what really changes rohit is that uh, now earlier you probably were a part of a team where you actually were like i said surrounded by a, a layer that shielded like you had a creative head you had a client servicing so there were people who were doing a lot of talking and uh, the formalities for you uh, in this case you probably are also a working professional who is walking side by side with somebody who's done an mba from a premier institute like iim ahmedabad right so you are that person's colleague and when you guys are in the room you guys get to present the same sort of opinions or you work on the same uh, business problem so that's what is uh, i would say a little bit of a challenge it takes a bit of learning right uh, and especially in a business environment you know it's always about graphs and charts and business and uh, you know uh, what do i say uh, it's it's a little it's a little different than what we are used to and what our comfort allows us 
but that's also a great unlearning for people like me because if you're really open to learning and growing in a new environment and culture i think this could also provide with a lot of new experiences for you so what i did was actually uh, i tried and observe people right i tried and saw how they talk how they presented themselves how they talked uh, if they were in a meeting how would they present their ideas because as designers we are used to a different way of presentation or talking so probably emulating their ways uh, helps also what helps is using their language and it's let me tell you it's not not very easy that you will have uh, certain abbreviations and you will have certain business terms which designers may found intimidating but uh, i would say once you start using them they are your best friends and ice breakers um, also we have to get used to certain processes and certain frameworks because uh, as we all know the companies uh, and big sort of organizations run on frameworks so if you were to present ideas uh, it needs to be probably catered to that framework uh, for everybody on the table inside the boardroom to understand and i think those are few things which uh, helped me uh, step up and probably be where i am today and let me tell you i'm i'm enjoying every day of my corporate professional life and i absolutely do not miss going back to an agency hey did you know procter and gamble's head and shoulder brand creates a bottle made from up to 35% recycled beach plastic the first big move in creating a one of a kind supply chain comprising thousands of volunteers and hundreds of ngos wow this is so exciting to hear in fact the the sheer energy with which you have been talking about how much you enjoy your work we 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 all while listening to this can actually feel the enthusiasm and work and that's that's so interesting to know the the exciting culture which is there at procter and gamble and and how much you enjoy your work in fact um, you know sundat moving from there and taking a cue from uh, you know you talking about customer experience and customer um, you know loyalty we we regard and empathize with the user and their feelings at all stages of the product development in fact true behavior is fueled by feelings the question that i have for you and and something that i'm curious to know about is how can designers use this fundamental fact to improve their product and influence the user's journey great question rohit and like i said this is uh this is at the core and at the center of what we do every day at procter and gamble as well uh and let me tell you uh something very interesting that uh i have actually worked with a lot of corporate clients in my previous roles and uh, as well as with my current role today uh, in fact design thinking is something which uh is taught to everybody in the marketing organization in the entire uh, you know a formal sort of corporate organization as well it's it's almost positioned as something which people must learn to succeed uh, to respond to consumer needs especially people like in the consumer goods industry fast moving consumer goods you have to really really uh, be open to empathy and understanding what the consumer really wants and i think uh, we we truly believe that consumer is the king right so my your question that you asked is slightly connected to uh, when you say feelings i would i would slightly put it as uh, what about the consumer right and when i say consumer you have to understand the consumer right in a 360 degree manner and not just uh, a very flat sort of a description of a consumer 
for example if you're if you're talking about you know designing a right packaging for uh, somebody who wants to use a herbal product right so you also have to understand what are the cues that the consumer in this case uh, would probably like to have on the packaging now these are connected again to a variety of different factors like where does she live uh, what is a family like uh, what are some of the challenges that she faces what are some of her emotional triggers what are say some of her lifestyle choices uh, you know what are the things that she aspires to do what are her media habits what does she like watching what does she hate and what is something that she would probably see herself uh, 10 years from now now these are things which we all need to understand and react to now i let me tell you a small example right and as designers i think sometimes we also face this dilemma cuz we feel like you know what i mean i am also a human being i also understand maybe it's the same thing right so let me let me design a packaging or let me design a communication that i feel is right uh, and i think that is where a lot of designers uh, you know make a big mistake because if you don't really put yourself there right uh, in in the consumer's place so if you don't actually really understand what she's trying to say uh, or what her life is like or what her struggles are like and what will actually be some of the triggers for her it's going to be very difficult so if you design thinking that you understand this consumer without actually understanding this consumer it's going to be extremely extremely difficult to uh, come up with a winning design or a concept or a packaging that probably she would like so if she responds to you know uh, a certain color if she likes a certain kind of communication if there is something that tells her hey this is premium i think those are cues which all designers must imbibe and understand and definitely use in the design otherwise it's going to be something which may not be long lived or which may just be set up for failure and like i said this is something which is a cardinal rule for design that you practice every day even in the heart of one of the biggest fmcg companies of the world interesting in fact while you were talking with the products and 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 the various aspects design is one of the most critical components of creating killer innovations out there and along with the design driven approach that you've been talking about strong brand presence and visual communication are used to create both the market opportunity as well as customer value and 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 there's something that we've so well seen in fmcg as a sector what i wish to know from you somdath is how can designers interrelate brand and innovation to create a stronger and more successful relationship with customer so uh like i said brand and innovation i think they go hand in hand rohit right uh, so at the heart of your brand there should also be innovation and at the heart of an innovation there has to be a brand uh let me give you a small example of of some a brand that we all love right uh now just think about nike think about coca cola and these are some of the brands which i think are universal which are like giants they're mammoths and you know everybody just loves them what makes them so relatable to the consumers right what makes them uh resonate with everybody that spans across age group right you would never hear from anybody that you know coca cola is for a target audience of like x to z i mean coca cola is universal nike is almost universal uh, for people who are active and of course who would be uh, you know running walking doing all sorts of physical activities so if you talk about um, i think brand and if you talk about innovation i wouldn't say that 
uh, they are mutually exclusive or they don't, don't go hand in hand. In fact, if you have a brand that does not innovate, uh, you will set yourself for failure. And when I say innovation, innovation is multiple things, right? Innovation is probably making a new product that is in sync with times. So you will have, uh, I mean, as you all know, earlier, soda used to be such a big category. And now with this whole advent of people moving towards healthier lifestyles, uh, we need to probably change what the product is. So while maybe the original product remains the same, I mean, of course, you cannot change Coke because it's so iconic. Uh, but then your portfolio needs to diversify. And if you see today, the portfolio that Coca-Cola has, I think they do have a lot of healthy beverages as well. And plus, they've acquired a few companies that uh, are into the field of healthy beverages. So I would call that as, you know, an innovation or keeping up with times. Uh, if you also look at their communication, the communication is also in sync with the changing times. Uh, so it has really moved away from really selling your product to actually selling an emotion. When they say open a bottle of Coca-Cola, you open happiness, right? And I think this is one of the long-standing campaigns that has been doing rounds and they have done so many beautiful executions, outdoor executions. They have done uh, actually, you know, uh, uh, environmental executions where it's, if you remember, there was this uh, beautiful refrigerator and I think this was, uh, 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 I think a few people in Dubai who were away uh, during Eid and, you know, uh, they could see their loved ones and they both could open a can of Coca-Cola at the same time. I think these are innovations that uh, probably have the brand at the heart of it because what the brand is, the brand says that when you have a Coca-Cola in your hand, you can open happiness. And this innovation is probably is exemplifying the same. So, uh, as designers, I think we absolutely need to walk this bridge and at the bridge, I mean, you know, we need to be at the center and at, at both the ends. At one end is innovation, at one end is brand. We probably need to find a midway. We cannot really sort of uh, swing the pendulum at one end and say, I'm going to like really, really be innovative and completely lose the brand. For example, if I, if I do make like healthy beverages and make them start looking like all these new age, uh, you know, drinks and health juices that are there. I, I don't think people are going to start uh, liking Coca-Cola so much. And uh, it, it may, of course, uh, cause a lot of, uh, you know, downside of business for them. So I think brand innovation absolutely go hand in hand. Interesting. In fact, you know, when you were talking about the environmental aspect, one of the questions that, you know, I thought about is with the world being more interconnected, brand needs to become aware of their impact on the environment and society as a whole. And packaging and branding need to be about outreach, showcasing, say, the positive change and responsibility. What are some of the ways designers can design packaging that reflect their brand's social and environmental consciousness, according to you? Uh, great question, Rohit. And I think this is something that all of us today uh, feel very closely and uh, especially, I, I would say, the millennial generation. Uh, I think this is one of the issues that is close to uh, our hearts. And if you look at all the surveys, all the consumer surveys that are done periodically, uh, brands that actually talk about sustainability and talk about, you know, uh, like a force for good, is our, our brands actually that are preferred by consumers and they do have a great sense of brand loyalty from the consumers as well. Uh, coming back to your question of packaging and how can we probably look at packaging to uh, you know reflect the brand's ethos, 
and the brand fundamentals of sustainability, I would suggest uh, that there are a few ways in which people need to look at packaging, right? Packaging today, is, as you all know, is, is probably one of the biggest concerns, right? And I think one of the largest concerns is that it is not really recycled properly or it's not disposed of properly. So this will be something which I would say um, be a concern for, especially for FMCG companies as well. But we all know that sustainable packaging is something which, uh, again, may not live the test of all the traveling or all the transportation or all the supply chain uh, that all these goods require to be in, right? So I would suggest uh, that designers start looking at different materials, different executions of materials, uh, maybe better communication that reflects uh, how to recycle, how to dispose it of, and probably look at innovative packaging, which I must say is something which is which is uh, the future, right? And when we talk about innovative packaging, it could be using materials that have been uh, recycled, having materials which actually have a certain kind of certification, which is uh, non-polluting. Uh, which will also in turn, you know, uh, probably have the packaging and manufacturing industry respond to these positive changes as well. Because when there would be a demand, I'm sure there would be a supply. So uh, as designers, I think it's always our duty. And I would say uh, uh, as also individuals who care about the earth and the environment, I think whenever we have some ideas about packaging, we must, and this is something I practice as well, uh, I, I always take a sustainable example on the table for everybody to see and say, guys, can we probably have a look at that? Uh, how does this look, by the way? And uh, I think that's a great point to have as a discussion. And once we start really feeling passionate about this as a cause, I'm sure uh, everybody else would follow. Hey, did you know Procter & Gamble, with its iconic program, Procter & Gamble Shiksha, aims to provide children from underprivileged backgrounds access to holistic education. Through their initiative, they have developed and funded over 1,800 schools, impacting over 1.4 million lives. Absolutely. Uh, doubtless. And, and we see so many global brands being conscious about it and taking so many steps, uh, you know, towards, uh, you know, coming up with great innovations. We did an um, episode with Adidas a couple of months ago, and they spoke about how they've created these uh, environmental friendly shoes with waste and, and, and a couple of interesting innovations. In fact, you know, that brings me to another um, interesting angle and which is talking about the, uh, the the millennials and the generation z it constitutes the largest online audience and have more buying power than any other generations probably they value transparency uh, individuality sustainability that we were talking about quality and in fact even minimalism the question that i have for you is how can brands crack the tricky generation of millennials and upgrade themselves according to their dynamic requirements? Oh, great question, Rohit, again. And this is uh, something which I do for a living, right? Uh, and I think most of the brands that we have today, the core audience for us is millennials. So I think the first thing that I would suggest uh, is to start understanding the millennials. And uh, this is connected back to when I said that you have to really empathize with the consumer and let this consumer not be a slide on the PPT. 
So I would suggest spend some time with them uh, to understand. And I'm talking about whenever we are designing anything that requires uh, a really, really, I would say, deep understanding of the consumer, be it a product, be it an interface, be it a packaging, right, which a consumer is going to use. All these things really need to be tied into what the consumer psyche is. So a good starting point would be to start with understanding the consumer and really understanding their behavior. So what I do sometimes is, uh, in fact, if I'm designing for a certain age group, I, I try and do Instagram stalking, right? I try and see what they're saying, what they're sharing, what they like, uh, what their voices are. And it helps me get a mental picture of if I'm designing something, uh, would it really be up to the mark uh, that these millennials have set up? And, and what, would it really uh, get the love uh, that I'm hoping that uh, my my designs get from them so while that is the starting point what you've just said is very very important about the four or five points right that brands have to be transparent right uh, so today if you're talking about a certain kind of ingredient in your product uh, it definitely needs to be that you cannot have something which is not there in your product and you cannot claim it right uh, so doing that is almost a, a consumer suicide uh, consumers will start hating you uh, they will start trolling you and with today the voice of social media is so much that things can get magnified like anything so we definitely need to be extremely transparent so gone are the days of the 80s gimmick right when you would say that okay i have like this xyz thing in me and it will do like this amazing thing to you and boom you know like People have started using words like, you know, hey, your advertisement looks photoshopped. So if this is what consumers are talking today, millennials are talking today, I think we definitely need to respond to uh, what they would find realistic, authentic and relatable. Uh, to your points of individuality, of course, I think uh, the product today or the packaging today needs to speak to the consumer. So if the consumer is an you know 18 year old girl who really is wanting to break all the rules exploring life is really uh, you know bubbling with joy excitement and also has certain fears about about how she looks and you know like maybe it gives a confidence look a certain way i think the packaging needs to also respond to her and her fears and maybe just talk to her so having that sense of individuality somewhere cued in to the packaging would help sustainability is definitely like i said is it's a need of the hour and i don't think brands can shy away any longer so beat i think any any start is good so while i know it's very difficult for conglomerates to start completely transitioning to uh, everything that's sustainable but i think small footprints can also help right so just maybe uh using less water using just less electricity i think that's a great start uh and of course quality i mean Today, consumers have multitude of goods, right? You have homegrown labels, you have brands that are running out of garages. So you definitely have a big, big competition out there. And if you slack on quality, I don't think your consumer is going to come back to you again or give you chances because gone are the days when there were two or three brands. Today, there are 200 brands and consumers are spoiled for choice. So either you give quality or be you know set up for failure. And uh, to minimalism, uh, Rohit, I have a little bit of a different point of view here because I think minimalism is something uh, which I feel is a trend. Uh, so if your consumer today says that they, they like minimalism, I think your design and your product must reflect that. But if your consumer is somebody, uh, again, depending on the geography, depending on their emotional triggers, depending on the culture that they come from, if they, if they like things that are over the top, that are joyous, that are not minimal, I think you must provide them what uh, would really get uh, you their love. 
you know, while you were talking about offering choice to customers, one of the interesting aspects that I want to bring to this conversation is about the entire technology, uh, uh, you know, technology intervention in, in, in the conversation. And while we talk about it, uh, one of the things that we cannot escape is the rise of e-commerce, which has definitely served as a perfect catalyst for creating a whole new type of retail experience out there. In fact, unique design features, technological advancements and customizations are revitalizing physical stores in the future. The question that I have for you, Somdat, is how can we deliver a highly relevant, personalized and powerful retail experience that resonates with consumers? So this is... Uh... This is a situation, Rohit, I think we are living today, right? Uh, all of us probably uh, are consumers who shop heavily on e-commerce and uh, especially uh, after the entire lockdown hit us, right? I think the activity on e-commerce platforms has risen like manifold, right? The business has quadrupled probably on a lot of other platforms. So when we talk about retail today, uh, Rohit, my, I'm of an opinion that retail is not physical and digital and e-commerce any longer. I think it's omni-channel. Uh, consumers don't really today shop only from one place. Uh, so we have to, again, connect back to what the consumers are, what their habits are, how they purchase, and probably offer them a right kind of a customized uh, solution. Now, for example, uh, Rohit today wants to buy a pair of running shoes. Uh, so what does Rohit do? Uh, Rohit today is sitting, you know, uh, in the maybe in his office in the lunch break. Rohit opens his phone and just types running shoes. Uh, what what the AI in the background does uh, while Rohit is doing this on Amazon uh, is that it also picks up cues uh, on Google as well, and Rohit starts seeing ads on Facebook, right? Uh, and I think like while a lot of people find this uh, uh, an invasion of privacy and nuisance, I think I come from the school of thought that really thinks that. If you are seeing relevant advertisement, I think it's great, right? Uh, I think I would I would not like to see advertisement that I don't care about. So if I really want to buy a shoe and I'm going to be investing a good 5,000 rupees in it, uh, I, I'd rather do my research. And this is something which a lot of millennials do. They, the, the you know, purchase on a whim or impulse buying is, is not... Uh, so long something that uh, consumers do, especially for higher priced goods. So today Rohit probably saw advertisements on Google and of course then he got targeted by an Amazon ad again because if he did not purchase it, uh, suddenly he gets an email in his inbox that says that, hey Rohit, you were looking at something. What happened? You didn't buy it? Here's a discount for you. So these are all elements of, I would say, uh, highly customized shopping experiences, right? While Rohit has still not shopped, Rohit is in the mindset of shopping. Uh, it's still pretty much uh, is tailor made for uh, uh, Rohit's you know online shopping behavior. Now, what Rohit does uh, probably is just goes to uh, you know he says that okay, I'm going to go to market and maybe also check out some stores and see how uh, the shoes look because of course I want to see how it looks uh, and I'm not very sure how e-commerce works. So what Rohit does is that. He goes to the nearby store, uh, uh, you know, a shoe store. He looks around, uh, you know, he takes his phone out and, uh, I mean, he just clicks a picture. And I think Google tells you what that is uh, and where it's available nearest to you, what are the discounts on it. Uh, at the same time, I think the store itself will have 
several, I would say, factors or several ways in which they will try to entice you. They will have uh, a salesperson who, again, is the physical embodiment of uh, how to make that sale to you. Uh, I'm sure the environment of the uh, of the place is also going to be nice because there's going to be nice lighting, nice seating. There's going to be probably music playing that's uh, really pumping up the energy. So you may feel like, hey, I need to buy this right away. So I would I would say that in in today's environment we cannot really isolate uh, physical or digital. It's an omni-channel experience, and at any point in time that you go, uh, you probably are you know in a uh, in a state or in a I would say uh, you are very very capable of doing that shopping from wherever you are and. Uh, this is not something which I think uh, brands need to learn because uh, Rohit, it's already here. I mean, and we are all living with it and we don't probably know what's going to happen in the next five years. It's going to be extremely crazy, but uh, let's just all all see and evolve with it. So Samdha, that brings us to our last question. At Avantika University, we coined this term called as designering, which is a base ideology on which we coach our, uh, you know, our, our, our students, the blended approach of design and engineering. The question that I have for you is, do you see design and technology blend in your field and your processes? What do you think about it? Uh, so a great term, Rohit, I think design engineering is something uh, which uh, probably is the future. And I can I can totally see that, say that because today in our day-to-day work as well, I can see uh, glimpses of this. Uh, today, design and technology are not exclusive any longer. And let me tell you that touch points on which design actually needs to be married to technology. For example, if you're talking about packaging, right? Uh, while you may design a great looking, beautiful packaging on a computer screen. Now, how that translates into an actual packaging will also be technology. And as you know, printing technology has evolved. There's several kinds of things. There's several kinds of material. There are several kinds of processes that you can do to get the right kind of packaging. So... While you are a designer, you cannot be completely not aware of technology. And I would say that while it's great to have an understanding of technology, uh, you don't need to be an expert at it, right? So please don't be intimidated uh, if there's technology. Uh, Do reach out to people who are going to be your fellow colleagues or your friends who are probably going to help you out with this technical expertise. Uh, But it's extremely important. Uh, Technology is also equally important uh, when you're designing, I would say, uh, something as different as a digital interface. Because in UI, UX design as well, uh, this technology at the back, right? This coding at the back. So while you may design something that looks great, you may design a great interaction, something that looks great. But the tech guy will tell you, guys, this is going to take a lot of time to load. And that means that your consumer is not going to like it. So you need to change your design, which is why uh, I, I would say technology is your best friend and you need to keep it really, really close. So I am so happy to hear, Rohit, that... Uh, design engineering is something that uh, probably you guys are looking at because I really feel this is truly the future. Thank you so much, Samdhat. This was highly energetic conversation with you. And I so wish that we, we uh, you know, we, we could continue this conversation. So much more to uh, talk to you about. But unfortunately, due to the paucity of time, uh, we will, uh, you know, we will, we will end the show here. But I'm sure that our listeners will get in touch with you on social media and uh, interact with you uh, on, on, on their questions ahead. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much, Rohit. Uh, it was a pleasure being here and just interacting on so many issues that I think are the need of the hour. And uh, absolutely look forward to answering any further questions that your listeners may have.
Thank you so much for having me here. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed our show. Do write to us on ads at the rate avantika.edu.in. We look forward to your opinions, feedbacks and suggestions of speakers you would like us to host on this show. Do tune in our channel next week on Wednesday for a new story on Hubhopper or wherever you get your podcast from. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you.